Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Tommy Corbins. I'm like Pete Southtown, Zan Zan. I'm always speaking my mind, but I'm better off by my tongue. I'm a bad show at the wrong time. Still, I'm a legend of my own mind. I'm good for the song, but I'm not for Welcome to another episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales with Wally. And today, I am so excited to have on a 44-year-old from Campbell River, British Columbia. They got him at 6'2 and 205 pounds. Not sure if that's been updated since the 80s, folks. He's a seventh-round draft pick in 96 to the New Jersey Devils. His hockey journey took him to Canada, the USA, England, Germany, and he played 17 years in Denmark. He's the SJHL <laughs> champion with the Melfort Mustangs. He was a CCHL rookie team and was actually the rookie of the year in 96 for the Western Michigan Broncos. In 06-07, he had an out-of-body experience and scored double-digit goals to lead the Danish league in defenseman goals with 11 three-time Danish Pokal champion and got the Pokal finals MVP one time and five-time gold helmet list as a Danish champion and is also known as Mr. Denmark. Welcome to the podcast, Daryl Andrews. Thanks, Wally. Appreciate you having me. Buddy, it's been a long time other than our FaceTimes. We've still stayed in contact i think you're pretty well the only guy from denmark that like i literally have facetimed with since i left i was trying to think how we got in touch but somehow we did and then we've had a couple of positive adult conversations over facetime and a few texts here and there yeah yeah some funny photos you uh you have on your phone too that you send me uh there's some good stuff going back and forth and uh you know, it's great to stay in contact with hockey guys because when you just lose touch, you you know, it's it's hard to rekindle it until you start a podcast. But this is how we know each other. We played in Sunderjuski <laughs> <laughs> and we won gold helmets together, right? We sure did, yeah. So in Denmark, you win a gold helmet, eh? Yeah, you win a gold helmet. That's kind of like everyone's little trophy, right? Yeah, I have a gold helmet. I guess you have like a box full, but we'll get into that. Um, the other way we know each other, I, I'd wrote FaceTimes, but then we both attended uh, the Western Michigan Broncos just at, uh, <clears throat> I guess we were different eras. Yes, what was I? Two years ahead of you, I guess, because I actually asked Mr. Brett Mills today, and uh, he played a fifth year, and I thought he played with you, but he said, no, he skated with you in the summer when he was trying to play for the Mobile Mystics. Oh, yeah. Um, no, I never played with him. But basically, if you could put this together, I've been in contact uh, with a fellow that was a senior. And when he was a freshman, you were a senior. Um, and that would be uh, Dave Cousineau. 
Oh, Mr. Kuzi, I actually got to play with him again after Western in Sheffield. I helped get him there. Um, that's actually on the notes, and I got a couple questions for you about a game you played there. Um, <laughs> but you're all healed up from your side-by-side -side accident? Well, that was a bad adult decision a few months ago, but yeah, I'm good now. <laughs> it's, not, it's not very enjoyable to, to break your shoulder and dislocate it and when you're 44, right? Well, but uh, boys will be boys, and um, we will drink beer occasionally and make bad decisions. Those things can happen. Um, I'm glad you're okay. Glad it wasn't worse. Um, shoulders heal, I guess, just not that good at uh, 44, but, you know. <laughs> uh, and the other reason why I wrote down how we know each other was, I guess, we didn't get to actually hang out much, which is funny how we still talk. And like, we both wanted to hang out together and we both could tell there was something there, but I had Colby was like one year old. Zoe was not born yet. And um, like, I was too busy or didn't, I didn't really get to go out with you and you lived in a different town than me in Denmark. Yeah. I had a nice setup there in Hatterslip, but you, yeah. Do you remember coming into Sunnery's the first day I took you to dinner at the Hotel Voines and you brought Colby along? I, I, yeah, I do remember that meal. Um, nice, nice meal there. I lived in that hotel one full year, actually. <laughs> you lived in that little hotel for a whole year? Yeah, for a whole year, yeah. That's on part. the second or third roundabout in town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this first, second one, yeah. There's only three roundabouts in this town, folks. Um, just for the listeners that are trying to understand, this little town has an NHL rink and three roundabouts. Yeah. That's it. And a grocery store, right? Two grocery stores and a lot of cake stores. Yeah, exactly. Coffee and cake. Yeah, I got into it. I, I don't mind a good cafe and cooking, you know? Yeah. Um, okay. So, and then the only other thing I wrote down was, uh, that you were probably the guy that pissed me off the most in practices because I was the guy that always got excited about doing two on ones in practice and your gigantic feet and how big you were and how long your stick was and like, just how good you were at defense. Like literally I, you're, yeah, you were the guy that pissed me off the most in practice in my career. In your career. Well, I take that as a compliment then, I guess, right? It is. It's a podcast. It's the only time I'm going to be nice to you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Random question, then. This is about coups here. Um, I'd like to hear about uh, your experience playing in the, the third place game for the Sheffield Steelers in the UK League. Coups actually put the Steeler mascot on and took warm up in it. <laughs> like Steeler Dan, I believe he's called. Yeah, Steeler Dan. Yeah, Coos wore the mascot, and then who did we play? I think we played Cardiff actually. I don't, I don't know who we played, but it might have been Cardiff and uh, or Belfast. And night before we stayed out, we were all staying at the same hotel. It was in Nottingham till like four o'clock in the morning, and showed up. I played forward. Coos. <laughs> We, we took warm-up, both teams together, and I don't know if they have the third-place game anymore in Britain. They do. No, they still they make do. them do it. Yeah. Uh, hey, by the way, this is a navigating lieutenant, folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I think I think Coos wore Steeler Dan, at least the Steeler Dan head for parts of warm-up. <laughs> like the head? Yeah, the head. 
not the whole costume. He had his gear on. And he told me that your best player just straight up didn't come because his brother was getting married or something. So Kuz wore the Steelers head and that guy's jersey. <laughs> oh, yeah, Mark Dudium. Yeah, because he just canned us for the, during the third place game. But I remember like some of the British media and, and a few of the other I don't know, around the league, we're, we're not too happy because I think we took our medals and passed them over to the boards, the, to the fan section, right? I think we won the game and we gave the, the medals away. <laughs> like, seriously, though, the way the, that that league makes those guys do that game and it's just like fans come and watch it and then like to know how crushed those guys are. Like, so when I was in Cardiff, I watched a game where they made Cardiff not go out and not drink because they had blown the semifinal six nothing, so they didn't go out. And um, the other team embraced the third place game for what it is, and she was something else. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess because I did do a decade in Europe, but I understand from a fan or ownership side that you want to see the team get the bronze or you know the third place. But as a player. You don't care about third place. I guess maybe it's because we're North American or something, but we want, we grow up like you're not going to see now, you know, Vegas play the, the loser of tonight's game, right? For third place. No, you're not. And none of them would want to or would. No, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You play to win and I, you did that a lot there, eh? Like, my goodness. Um, <laughs> curious question. Where do you keep all, like, you have five gold helmets. Where would you keep those? I don't see, I thought there was going to be a lovely background for the pod with, like, all five helmets and you were wearing one. I should have worn my gold helmet for this. God damn it. Now, I, I do have two here, and people ask what they are because no one really knows. And there's three on, on Vancouver Island at the Pope's house. So, yeah, I uh, I had one on top of a fri- on top of the fridge, actually, in the, in the helmet box from a store called Michael's, the craft store. Like, it, uh, it was actually a basketball box, so. Oh, you got it you know, like, nicely decorated. I just had it on top of the fridge, and it's more of a novelty when the, when the boys come over and, and have a few adult beverages, they pull it out and wear it around, right? Yeah, right now, uh, Colby's been biking around the neighborhood in it, and uh, we've played a few mini hockey games for it. So that's about what all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, they... Uh, they scratch easy. <laughs> <laughs> they do say on them, not for real play. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it is cool you win them because I actually, just speaking of, you know, this is a, this it is two ales in the hockey tails, right? So this is my tail. After we win in Denmark, we'll get to that year, but you won so many times, maybe I won't come up again. Um is when we won and you get gold helmets and like I hadn't gone out much that year because Colby was really little and um, to go to the bars and I didn't really know well I knew exactly where all of you guys were because we were all wearing gold helmets (laughs) yeah there's a lot of a lot of free cocktails involved when you have the gold gold helmet on yeah if you if you hit town in a gold helmet um, you don't pay for much do you no Mm. So the next morning there, when I got home about 7 a.m., here's my tale. Um, Lisa and Colby were waking up for the day, and I had a gold helmet, so I felt it like I had a hall pass. Um, Crushed a plate of nachos, and um, 
took the dog and called me for a walk with the gold helmet on in the morning. <laughs> Cruised around town with a gold helmet on at like 8 a.m. <laughs> uh, all three roundabouts, I think I hit. <laughs> yeah, you must have had a good time too at the big banquet we had too, always after, right? Oh, when we went and met the mayor and everything? Yeah, there was always a big party after there too with the dinner and all that. Yeah, no, it was a, uh, it was fun, man. That was an awesome time winning there. Like winning any everywhere is awesome, but no, that was really fun. And the gold helmets really, they really kick her into high gear, don't they? Oh, they kick it into high gear. Yeah. To be honest, that's really the only place I won. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, you won um, for the Melfort Mustangs. So that was the best hockey team I ever played on in junior. I think that year 12 of us went to the States and I don't know, we had under 10 losses the whole year and we never lost the playoff game until the Royal bank cup. We lost the final. Really? Really? Yeah. What type we were, of play? Like, so who were any studs on that? Well, Willie made it. Willie Mitchell. Curtis Dole would have made it. He would left. He went to St. Cloud and left after two years signed with uh, San Jose and then had a few concussions. He only played a year and a half in the American League, but we, we had a loaded team. Our top scorer ended up, I don't know, he's probably one of the all-time top scorers in the uh, Central Hockey League, Jason Duda. But since COVID and all the lockdowns, we actually had a team reunion. <laughs> there was only three guys that didn't partake in it, including the GM and the coach, and it was pretty fun. But that was a, that was a legit like team for junior level, right? No, man. Like uh, you're, you're, you're giving me the chills because literally during COVID here, I had a 20 year anniversary for winning in junior with my Elmira Sugar Kings from my hometown. We won oh, nice. the Sutherland Cup, and literally everybody was on the call. We had guys in Indonesia on the call. They were all over the place nowadays, and to see everybody, everybody was the exact same, eh? Yeah, it was good to see everyone for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird how. Uh, yeah. Anyways, it, it, it would be nice if every single guy could come on. We were missing a couple, but um, it is cool that like you have those experiences and winning does that, right? If you don't win, do you think that Zoom call happens? No, no, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So anyways, question, where and what are you doing now? I'm in Calgary, Alberta. I've been here in the summer since 2000, since I left Western basically. And I work in uh, predominantly the oil and gas industry. Okay. And um, you said you would start going there in the summers when you're at Western. Why would you go there? No, Why, after, what? after Western, I started coming here. Oh, okay. So when you were like a pro and you had money, that's where you'd go in the summer? Yeah, because there was, I don't know, 250 hockey guys here training and doing all that fun stuff. So mm, all I'd, that fun I'd, stuff, eh? <laughs> yeah, I'd come here and I don't know, 10 or 11 years ago, I built a house here because I knew the day was coming when hockey was over and I knew, well, I was hopeful that I could get a job here. Oh, that's great, man. That's great to hear. I, I knew that you landed on your feet because uh, you ended right when I left Sundar Yuski. Um that was your last year, right? And I know because we were still in contact that you you got a job right out of the hoop, eh? You were good. No, no, I was looking to go play again, but it didn't work out. So I 
I was retired fully until November of the next year. And then I started working at the company I'm with now. It's a big structural steel and metal building company for the oil and gas industry. So I was fortunate to land a, a job with a like a solid company in the industry here. Wow, that's awesome, man. It's everybody getting out of hockey. It's tough, but uh, good to hear you're doing well, sir. Way to go. Cheers. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, Cheers. And but yeah, uh, Kuz said when I put the picture up of you on Instagram, which everybody should follow, that's where I put all the info up is two ales and hockey tails on Instagram. But as soon as I put it up, he writes to me, Is that the donk? (laughs) Is that your nick? Was that your nickname, the donk? That was one of them. Yeah, there's there's been there's been many, but uh, I actually saw Kuz, him and his wife. And they only had the, the first boy. We took the boy to the zoo. I was still playing and Kuz was retired and doing his medical thing, but he was out here and that Mills keeps in touch with everyone. So I went, actually went and picked up Jackie and Kuz and we went to the zoo one day when, when Mills was going to work. So okay. I was probably, because how old is his oldest? He was just a baby, about 10 or 11. Honestly, I haven't seen Kuz forever. Like I haven't seen him. He was the guy that like called me and convinced me to go to Germany. Um, cause his bet, one of his best buddies, Brandon Dietrich, they needed a guy to play with him. And he was one that called me and convinced me and I haven't actually seen him, but I know he's got like a bunch of kids and he's in Toronto now. Yeah. Yeah. He needs to come on. He's a real dandy. He really taught me, you know, how to be a college hockey player. Um, when <laughs> I, when I was a freshman and he was a senior, <clears throat> I'd lived with him for a summer. Like he taught me a lot. Um, even the puck and ball, um, tournament that we played in where you play three games of slow pitch and three games of hockey and you just give her the whole time. Um, he really taught me a lot. Oh, he's a good guy for sure. Yeah. Okay. Moving on is, uh, let, tell me the story then about uh, minor hockey to the Notre Dame hounds, whatever that is. Oh, minor hockey. I, so, Don't look at your screen. Just feel it, man. Just feel the flow. Oh, being from and that's not on elite prospects. I begged and begged to go to Notre Dame because Rod Brindamore was ahead of me and there's a few other guys from Camp River that went there. And I, I don't know, in Bantam, I just wanted to play hockey. So I had to beg my parents and I got in and my mom drove me there, whatever, 24 hours from Vancouver Island and dropped me off at this Catholic boarding school and bawled her eyes out all the way back to Moose Jaw, which isn't that far. <laughs> I can't let you go away in grade 10, but no, I had a great time at Notre Dame. I got to play a year of Bantam, a year of Midget, and then I was going to go play in Swift Current, actually. And again, my parents convinced me to go finish grade 12 before I went to Swift Current. And uh, in grade 12, I ended up playing in the SJHL. I thought I was going to play Midget, but started talking to universities, knew nothing about it. And then ended up uh, going on a couple of visits and leaving him getting to the States and not doing the Western Hockey League. Well, can then can I ask you, like, because I never went to school just to play hockey and I stayed at home till college. So what's that like then as a young buck? Like you move home, like everybody's different. There probably were some kids that like had their favorite pillow and missed mom. And then you probably didn't. You were fine. Right. No, yeah, I was fine. I wanted to be there. There was a bunch of players that wanted to be there. And I actually still keep in touch with with a bunch of them. And, uh, you know, we wanted to be there. There's actually 
kids that were sent there to try and get help because they're problem childs at home, right? Because it's a full dormitory. You can't leave. You can't have a vehicle, uh, any of that, right? If you want to leave, your parents have to come get you. And at that time, it was about, you know, discipline. There's no janitors. There's no, there's no housekeeping, anything. So the students clean the toilets, clean the classrooms. And, and then it's like a hockey place. Is it a hockey yeah, place? Yeah, it's predominantly hockey. They have all sports. I don't know. At the time, there's probably 450 students from grade 9 to 12. And it's like a little university, but just for high school. So you, Rod the Bod went there, and then you wanted to go there. Yeah, a lot, a lot of kids from Campbell River, though, like that I grew up with. A bunch of us went at the same time, actually. There was probably seven or eight of us. Is it co-ed? Yeah, it's co-ed. Yeah, the girls have their own dorm, and then there's two guys' dorms. Okay. You, <laughs> you better have been staying in your own dorm, Daryl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not. You're actually not allowed in the girls' dorms and vice versa. So, no, it was good though. I, I, I'll. I, I love that experience. Notre Dame, I'll never say anything bad about it. It's so it was kind of school and then hockey at night or in the morning or both? Like it was a lot oh, of hockey. After school, after school right? Because you got Bantam and Midget and then there's Junior A, Junior B. So, I mean, the junior team would practice in the afternoon and then the rest of the teams would practice from 3 to, you know, 10.30 type thing. Oh, so there's that, there's that many teams. I don't know anything about it. So there's like four teams there. No. No, no, there's Bantam, AAA, and a couple AA, and then single A, and it's all structured. I don't know anything about it, but that sounds interesting. Okay, so moving on, you go from there then, but you win it with that team we talked about, and then you're going to go to Swift Current, but now we're going to get into Western Michigan University, eh? So why Western Michigan? To be honest with you, I have no knowledge on universities. I, I had a couple of visits lined up and I did go to Ferris and visited Ferris State. And then that, the that's, Ferris a tu- that's a tough campus too, though. <laughs> yeah, I, had a, I had a guy that I knew there, so I wanted to go check it out, Brett Colburn. He was actually at Notre Dame. He was older than me, but I went and had a good time and a good visit. And then, you know, I carried on to, to Western, uh, my second visit and actually committed and canceled the other visits i had well western michigan when you go there on a visit man like it was an awesome four years for me i just wish we were better at hockey yeah i have the same same feeling i have to i I don't know i just got convinced to commit because i was supposed to go check out a couple other schools i just canceled them and western was okay like that year too and i mean i knew nothing about college hockey either right so i didn't know who was good or bad or what anything was going to be like so i didn't either you're right no um so when you get there then i got a few questions here you had a different coach right like you didn't have colhane that i had you had the guy before him yeah uh, bill wilkinson yeah okay Jim, so jimmy he, was the, jimmy was the assistant okay um so when you go um to school is there any email just getting started, yeah. The email just getting started. Yeah, so like there weren't first, any. First email I ever had was dot wmu.edu. Beauty. I yeah, I had one of those at one point. So um, yeah. So there's no online courses at that point. You were pretty much uh, pad and paper. Well, I signed up for the business program, and um, 
went to my first class and it was in an auditorium and I didn't know really what email was. So I, I went back to the student athlete academic advisors and uh, just was a little intimidated with the, the schooling portion of it. So they, uh, I was in open studies for the first two years and then uh, worked my way up to uh, health, physical education and recreation management. Uh, that sounds good. Um, my last two years, yeah. Yeah, no, that, so, um, okay, here's some questions for me. Did the tap room exist? Tap room existed, I think my last, second last year, last year. And the firehouse. At the firehouse too? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, those were the two. Those were like, so the firehouse became our mainstay my last two years, but the first two years was the tap room. Tap and room, then it yeah. got new ownership and the, the new people didn't care if you played hockey. But man, when I first got there and on my like recruiting trip and stuff, like when you could go to the tap room and like, like for me, like I had to take recruits out and like I could get a 17 year old in there and he would have a time. <laughs> I bet, yeah. No, my first couple of years, it was big at, at Waldo's. Oh, the cheap pitchers above hard booze, too. That's yeah. Thursday nights, wasn't it? Captain I, Ronnie. Yeah, the, uh, the campus tavern, that was a big place. And then the firehouse came and it just exploded, right? That was a cool spot. So folks, in case you don't know, the uh, firehouse burnt down and they rebuilt it as a bar and it was called the firehouse. And it, it was, it was a hot spot at, at, in Kalamazoo, Michigan, Actually, right? There was another place on stadium drive though that held like 1500 people. And it was the wayside. Way, wayside. That was the biggest place. I never really went there. It's too big for me. I'm not that type of guy. I'm a, I'm more small. Yeah, and half of it was kind of a club, and half of it was a sports bar type. Yeah, yeah, that place was too big for me from Elmira. <laughs> yeah, you like the smaller places, eh? I'm top room all the way. I guess yeah, it's like Sunderuski, right? The bars in Voyance. There you go. Um, okay, more questions about Western Michigan is, did you guys play Sharps on the bus or Tetris? <laughs> Who told you that? <laughs> I got a big network, man. A big network. I played Tetris on every bus trip. <laughs> <laughs> on Game Boy? Yeah. <laughs> Did you play against people? Like, were you hooked up with the USBs? No, no. Just, just trying account. to, just, just seeing to get the high score? Oh, yeah. Just me against me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you did every bus trip? Pretty much, I think, yeah. A lot so, of bus trips, you know, I don't even really, it's been so long, I don't remember too much about bus trips. I I went to Western too, I never had a vehicle the whole time, but I had a good network of people as long as I threw five bucks in their car. I always typically had a car, but I was always bumming rides with everyone, and I don't know, I made it through, right? Oh, yeah, no, man, I, it, it's so long ago, it's hard to remember, like, how much fun it was, like, just I, being... I spent a full spring semester, too, after my freshman year. I actually copied someone's paper and submitted it through Brett Mills and he gave it to some track guy because he knew he was a networker. He knew everyone. So he gave me his old floppy disk. I just hit print on an Abraham Lincoln 30 page paper for like an entry level American history. 
hit print, hand in 30 pages, put my name on it and get called in. This is plagiarism. I'm like, no, it's not. And they're like, yeah, it is. So-and-so, some guy from the track team has the exact same paper as you. He says he stole his bag and copied all his work. And I'm like, I'll tell the truth because I really don't care. I, I got to get Brett Mills here though. So I called Mills and Mills is like, yeah, I gave it to them both. So automatic fail. And I only took bare minimum of credits. So I wasn't going to be able to play my second year. So I actually took a class at Kalamazoo Valley Community College <laughs> just to stay eligible. Well, you'd, yeah, you'd have to do that. Mills, yeah. eh? and you're still buddies with him after that. I see Mills at least twice a month. And, and, and he, he, he did that to you with the track guy. He did that to me with the track guy. Yeah, it never comes up anymore. <laughs> well, it just did, Millsy. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, my other question is, because my research team is so hot and heavy here beforehand, is you were the rookie of the year in the CCHA. You are not the first Western Michigan Bronco on the pod to do that. That also was Pat Dwyer. Um, it's just saying a lot of superstars on my podcast. Um, so you're the rookie of the year in the CCHA. That's a pretty, pretty big deal. Yeah, that, that year when we had a half decent team and I don't know how or what, but whatever the training camp was like, they put me with the defenseman who was in his second year. Mr. Joe Corvo, who ended up playing, I think, 400 games in the NHL. Uh, he played a lot. And, uh, yeah, he was my D partner. So I think he was on the, like, all-world junior team for Team USA that year. <laughs> and he <laughs> yeah. was a sophomore and you were a freshman. He was a sophomore. I was a freshman. He was a lot better than me. And uh, we had a good power play. We yeah, had- but I could see that working, man. Like, you're, you, the way you play defense in Denmark against those poor little Danish well, boys. And, you know, if you're, if you're playing good as a freshman, too, they just kind of let you do whatever you want, right? There was no pressure. I'd make mistakes and Colin and keep putting me back out there. And, you know, things, it was, it was a half decent year. We actually, we played Michigan state in the playoffs. We made the playoffs and then we didn't make it again to, to my fourth year, but that was a, a half decent, you know, that was one of my funner college years that first year. I could see you being exactly the type of player Colhane would want. He was, you're exactly what he wanted all of, us to be <laughs> oh, man the, the only thing i didn't like about college was those practices were so intense it was awful awful and like yeah. you hated going to the rink instead of yeah. enjoying going to practice and seeing the boys you were like oh my god we have practice tomorrow and there were certain days where it was like they'd flood the ice even during the season you know battle days like before and after it would like, like battle days like i don't think people understand like especially the the European listeners of this podcast is we literally would fight each other. Yeah. You'd leave practice. Like it, you would hurt each other more than like a game seven of the finals. Right. Yeah. My favorite thing about that old Lawson was that steam room in there. We jammed paper towel in the steamer and heat it up so much just to try and feel better after one of those battle days. 
Oh yeah. And it was all with your best buddies. And then you'd all go back to your apartments and have lunch and be like, geez, that was quite the thing. And you'd be like, well, you punched me. And I'm like, yeah, oh. well you slashed me. And then you'd all eat lunch and be like, okay, well, I got to need, I need a nap. <laughs> uh, my class, we, we had a couple of intense battles where honestly there'd be semesters where teammates wouldn't talk to each other because we just hated each other. You're so dirty to each other. Yeah, no, I did the way that, was that culture didn't make any sense to me and it still doesn't but uh i guess hockey's come a long way i bet you yeah. it's not i bet you it's not like that anymore i couldn't see it being like that anymore no no it was uh <laughs> i remember getting there and like all the guys that have been recruited by your coach were all like big right so it was coos was an offensive defenseman he was a stud but like all the other guys were like they put them as our fourth line but they're all the biggest guys we had and it was a rosy rumble. Um, like they were all beauties. You, you yeah. remember Brent rumble? What a dandy yeah. that guy was. Yeah. Yeah. Rosie was a good guy too. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, they were all huge guys. And then they started recruiting guys like me and then we'd have practices that these guys could just abuse us if they wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, oh, yeah, that's good. Uh, so from your rookie year though, I did see, the next season, you put up three points. Three goals. Sophomore slump? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it – I did. I think coaches might have got word that I wanted to try and turn pro after my first year. So when did you so, get drafted by the Devils? When I was in Melford. So after my, my last year junior, I don't know why. They, they actually met with me and said, we might pick you late rounds. So they did. And then said, good luck at Western, basically. was it. Well, they called my parents' house. I wasn't even there. And that was my, I have no draft story. And I basically left the voicemail and they sent a piece of paper in the mail. When you were, you were drafted? When you were picked, yeah. And then I went to Western and they actually started talking to me about halfway through the year. So I'm like, maybe there's a chance to kind of get out of Western because I really wasn't into school too much, right? And yeah, Mr. Colhane and Wilkinson might have heard a few whispers about that. And New Jersey wasn't ready to, to get me out, even though I wanted to leave. They basically said, go back and have another good year. And, you know, we talk after your second year. And come second year, I don't think I changed anything, but I just didn't get any ice time for some reason. Uh, uh, you'd know being in college you really have no options if you leave you have to sit out of here and just be a practice player so that we had a fun year we had a horrible team but we did a lot of extracurricular activities that year and well uh, I, I had some buddies that went through some similar things um with the coaching staff and kind of, well like for myself um my senior year at the start it was tough and everything but uh not get it and then being yeah it, it, it can get tough um but it gets tough yeah they, they made a coaching change too like wilkinson was relieved of his duties and jim took over and things kind of went back to normal so to speak right for like, yourself for myself for most of the players too corvo quit actually though corvo was so sick of it he quit western i don't know if you knew that no i didn't yeah he just went to chicago he didn't play hockey for a whole year and he still ended up making the nhl so he just left Western Michigan after like, so he has a sophomore year. You're the rookie of the year. He would have had a good year. And he, yeah, yeah. His junior he year quit the year. You're not getting ice time too. So who's playing yeah. if you two are sitting on the bench? 
it just we nothing was working either. And you know what that gets like, right? When they make a coaching change in college, there's one stretch there. We lost like 18 games in a row. Dude, you should have seen this. That was my se- my senior year. or what? I think Colhane might have coached one more year after mine. But uh, no, if you took a penalty or they that they deemed bad because we were taking too many penalties, um, the whole team had to skate a suicide for it. And you had to skate a suicide for it. And the whole team stood there and watched. And this would be after the hardest practice you've ever had where you feel like you're going to puke. And then they would just berate anybody that took a bad penalty um, the game before. And then everybody would leave the ice so miserable and hate hockey and each other so much. And it was like, geez, I bet we'll win next game. (laughs) Yeah. And at that time, college hockey, at least when I played, was who could hit someone harder in the game. And then power plays, basically, if you had a good power play, your, your chances of winning were a lot better, right? Yeah. 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 Um, so where did you live on campus? Just curious. Where, where, where in Kalamazoo were you? My first year I lived in the Burns. Everybody did, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, every, yeah. So there's, uh, the athletes, the girls are on one side and the guys are on one side. Yeah. And you got the big mess hall downstairs. So I lived there and it was good. And then, uh, my second year we actually, um, they stopped it, and I'm pretty sure they stopped it. We rented a house in um, what the student ghetto, they call it, across Stadium Drive there. Mm-hmm. Bunch of rundown houses. We found a, a eight-bedroom, two-kitchen two house, and seven of us hockey guys moved in there, and uh, one non-hockey guy that was buddies with us all. So, yeah, the eight of us. And that was a year we were really bad, so... I mean, the hockey and the, that, that part of it was bad, but we had a lot of fun that year, and coaches kind of got wind of it, and our house was called the Pink Palace or, or Sigma Moose. We wanted to be our own little fraternity, right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, man. Uh, yeah. um, I mean, anyone, I mean, if you wanted to cook anything, you, you had to do a dish. There was no dishwashers or anything. Yeah, it was a, it was a rough a part of town. Yeah, it was a rough part of town, and we stacked cases of beer up against the wall. Like, it was a disaster, the, the house, right? So the coaches got wind and made a decision. Like, too many guys in one house. Like, you guys can't be getting any rest. Or So my third year, I lived uh, right up behind Lawson there. Actually, a nice street. You know, that's, you know, that's, where the, that's where Lafayette? Yeah. No, that- no, not that far. Like, literally walk through the trail and you're at the arena. Yeah. Okay. No, I know exactly where you were. That's where the got the, the juniors and seniors were living um, when I went to Western Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. So I lived on that street. The house was great. Two bedrooms down, two up. And, you know, it was easier to keep clean and manage and, and all that fun stuff. And uh, my last year I lived with uh, Jeff Lukasak, who was the same class as me. We just had a, a two bedroom apartment and that was super easy. Right. He was still in Kalamazoo when I was there. He might still live there, eh? Oh, he lives there, yeah. So by that time, by our fourth year, right, we a lot of the, a lot of the college life was out of our kind of out of our system, and we knew we were both kind of somewhat clean and got along, and it was just the two of us. So. And then there was still a couple of houses with you know four guys in it that we could go over to and have blow off some steam, right? Oh yeah, you got to blow off steam in college after a game for sure. Okay. Yeah. 
So then things get better. Colhane becomes the coach and you sign with the Devils after your senior year. And I'm going, P, tell me about that. Can you still hear me? Keep talking. Yeah, uh, no, uh, that fourth year we played University of Michigan, best of three. And was it Friday, Saturday? I think I signed with New Jersey Sunday as soon as the college season was over. keep talking yeah you didn't hear me no i know good that's good so i'm curious what you said but we'll keep going so you're no, in albany my name I'll, I I'll, I'll go again i no no keep... you're not gonna make me edit stuff you didn't you weren't just quiet right you kept talking no i wasn't talking shut up you didn't say it. anything you just sat I, there i said what i did i i signed after we lost to the university of michigan and i went to albany like two days later during the season my senior year i quit university okay and then you just sat there pretty much well that's fine people, hey people people will get the hint you know it, it they'll they'll keep listening um so what's it like living in albany like would that is that a nice town you lived there for four years didn't you no, so I only played those nine games that that was the end of the college season, right? Western was done. So I was planning on going to Albany and then going back to Western and finishing up my schooling. So I went to Albany and got a little bit of a taste of the American League and played those nine games. And then we played five play. I was best of five. We lost to Rochester and went back to Kalamazoo and never went to one class. Just spent two months in Kalamazoo hanging out with my with classmates and buddies, right? <laughs> I know what well, that, I know when senior year ends, what it's like. Um, it was when that hockey ends and you haven't been, you haven't been normal college students for four years. Um, there's some boys that want to blow off some steam, right? <laughs> Yeah, so no, I went back and spent yeah six weeks or so with, uh, with classmates and had some fun, and then then went to Calgary right for the for the summertime after the spring semester. Trained hard so, and had fun too. Well, yeah, I tried to train hard and have fun. I always try and have a little bit of fun. So, mm -hmm. so in your time with Albany, did uh, you ever feel like you were close to a call up? Mm, not in Albany, no. Being honest with you, actually, the the whole New Jersey system at that time. Why do you keep looking over there? Look at me. You keep looking over were, there. They were winning. I'm over at, here. They were winning cups <laughs> at that time. So for I'm sick of looking at you. So for those three summers, <laughs> no, two summers, I would go at the end of July to New Jersey, and we would get. Two a days, they'd work us all out, all the draft picks and signed players. Well, all the signed players, not the junior draft picks, but anyone that had a contract that wasn't playing for the Devils would be in New Jersey five or six weeks ahead of training camp. And they would ask you to do that. They would tell you that's what you're doing, and we'd stay in a hotel. Before and they wouldn't pay camp. you. 
we get NHL per diem, but we had some good times. I got lots of good stories about New York City and Jersey Shore and places like that because we only got Sundays off during this basically signed player mini camp. So six weeks together and then the NHL team would show up and we'd have training camp, right? So it was like a six-week rookie camp. Oh, yeah. And we wouldn't play any games. It was just like 20, 21 or 22 guys. It was basically anyone that had signed a contract in the Albany River Rats. We'd all be in, in New Jersey for five or six weeks. And we'd do all kinds of running and weights and practices and all and sorts of stuff. There'd be unions now that stop that, right? Like they couldn't ask you or make you do that now, right? Nobody would. I'm, I, I don't know. I, I actually quite enjoyed it, right? It was fun. You got to. Oh, when I, when I went to, to Germany in July, like, and I thought it was going to be awful that I was going to Germany in July. Well, going to Germany in July and being with five other imports that can't go anywhere. Like when you get a day off, it's as fun as it gets. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. We had, we had lots of fun in the summertime there and and that in Albany, we never really had a half decent team either. Not that that's any excuse because I don't really have any excuses from, from my career, to be honest with you, but Albany is a great city, 500,000 people, capital city of New York. Is that right? Uh, I don't know anything about it. Yeah. It's a, it's a pretty big city. Yeah, I had a good experience my last year, last couple of years, I lived in Troy, New York, which is sister city. And they had a basically NHL arena there too. Pepsi Center in uh, in Albany at the time it was called was 18,000. What plays out of there? The River Rats and the lacrosse team. And oh, they, had the con- they had lots of concerts and WWE and all that stuff, right? Yeah, no, I played against the uh, River Rats. That's, yeah, Pat Dwyer was playing for them when I played mm-hmm. against them. Yeah. Yeah. No, so that was, yeah, I had, so I had a two-year contract out of Western, and then they gave me another year, and then basically Lou Lamorello said, Daryl, thanks for three years. You're, you're not going to cut it here. So I was free, and somehow I managed to trick Florida with a deal and went there for training camp, and then they sent me to San Antonio. So what, so what happened there? You went to training camp on a tryout with Florida. Yeah. And then you got an HL one way or what? Yeah. Yeah. So training camp was okay at Florida and, uh, basically go to San Antonio on a, what ATO. And then I ended up getting a contract and staying in San Antonio for that year. And that year we had a actually really good hockey team. Uh, I think we started out 16 and five or 15 and five. We were really good. And then uh, Florida did something. They fired Mike Keenan, took our coach, Steve Ludzig. And Ludzig took Bodwe, a couple of players. And then we were left with nothing in San Antonio in the last, I don't know, 50 games of the year. I think we might have won eight. But we had the best, best goalie, even better than Alfie, that I ever played with, Travis Scott. The guy was we'd get peppered like 40 something shots a game and he'd only let two or three and then we'd lose by a goal. Travis Scott, uh, he, he played in Europe, right? Yeah. He won every, he won in Russia, but he won in DL. He's, yeah. he's an unbelievable goalie. Yeah, but just nobody ever gives him the chance. Eh? It's weird how that works. He never got the chance to be in the NHL. I don't know why, but 
He might have played a game or two, but yeah, he was so good. Um. Okay, so then after that year is, uh, I believe, uh, the lockout season, right? That's right. Man. So that's my senior year in college. That's, yeah, that's why I went back. Um, so I knew that my AHL, NHL dream was done that San Antonio year. <laughs> you did know? You, you knew oh, that year? Oh, I knew it was over because I wasn't super tough at all, and I wasn't a scorer what good was I in the AHL anymore? <laughs> well, in the AHL, if you were your size, you were, and a defenseman that didn't score a lot, you were expected probably <laughs> to fight, right? Yeah. And there, there was no way I could have fought some of those guys at that time. Man, they were monsters. Not a chance you could fight. Well, well I mean, I don't know if you can fight, but I've never seen you do it, but like, no, no I knew it was over. Right. So, it was really hard to, to the options were very limited that summer, right? Because the oh, though, when there's a lockout, it's the worst year for hockey players ever. And like, I don't think any fans that are complaining about not having NHL games understand how much it affects guys that want to make hockey their living for the next 10 years like there's guys that never do get a rookie season they never even get to start you know or, or trying right so i knew and i don't know 300 nhlers went to europe so the options are very limited i guess i could have went and tried the east coast league but somehow the agent at the time i had a guy named matt cater hooked me up with uh the folks in sheffield and I basically said, sign me up right now. Would it be David Sims? Dave Sims was part of it. But I think it was uh, the coach before him was Blydell, Blysdell. I never got to meet him, but he coached team year before. And then they brought in Rob Stewart when he left from Belfast. So Stewart had something to do with it. And Sheffield had won the year before. And some of the players stayed and some of them moved on type thing. And I was just looking for any opportunity to play. And I didn't really want to go to the East Coast League. So I'm like, well, I'll go try this British League for a bit, right, and see how it is. And I actually had a lot of fun that year. Man. Sheffield has high expectations every year, and we, we didn't definitely didn't live up to it, but I got treated super well in Sheffield. Um, they definitely have high expectations. And uh, the reason I asked David Sims, I was going back and forth with him on Twitter because a fan wants him on the pod. And I would like to have him on because, uh, like, we had been in contact when I was signed there back in the day. And he he's he's going to come on. We're going to get David Sims on. So um, they say he's the Don Cherry of the UK. So that's you know. he definitely is. He knows more about. I would I'd be hard pressed to guess anyone know more about the British League than Dave Sims. Todd Kelman's going to be up there, but but I not, not as long. Yeah, do you? Yeah, yeah, I know Todd, too. Yeah, and Dan Seaman. You know all the old boys, eh? Todd, Todd was playing in Belfast. Todd's from Calgary. I saw him at Stampede a few years back when he was here. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah they go back, or they go there, like, every year and have a Stampede. Yeah. Stampede, yeah. yeah. So have you been to the Stampede a couple times? So now that's come up. Stampede's in the budget every year. Is it? I've never been there. Um, I've I've heard I'd fit in well. Um, I heard I would have a good time, but I've never got to go. Yeah, if you could find a cowboy hat to go around your round head of yours. 
<laughs> oh god i uh i've worn cowboy hats before and i think they look just fine on me yeah you could throw a pair of daisy dukes on and cowboy boots and fit right in. <laughs> i've had daisy dukes on before uh if the yeah. fans of the pod will know that in yeah. germany when i won i uh cut off my old jeans because you know i'm how fashionable i am that yeah. all the boys are making fun of me because of my jeans so i cut them off as short as i could and we went downtown for beers and i had my underwear like hanging out the bottom of the jeans and they called them my daisy dukes and then we didn't know there was a parade that day so then i ended up at the parade in my daisy dukes <laughs> Nothing wrong with it. no you gotta live every once in a while right exactly yeah so your Sheffield experience is positive and you did get to play with Coos that year, eh? Coos was playing somewhere else and I think he was looking for a move and he ended up coming kind of halfway through the year. Okay. Um, and that, yeah, he just told me about the third place game, uh, yeah. which we talked about, which that's a tough game. But moving on. So you do your Sheffield year, which was the lockout. Lockout yeah. eases. So now Daryl's trying to figure out who he is and where he's going. And I can't wait for you to explain where you went. Go for it. After Sheffield, I actually went to Spain then back to Sheffield. Then I came to Calgary and I took a vacation when the season was over after that third place debacle game and uh, came back to Calgary and then actually flew back to Europe. I flew to Helsinki Got picked up and went to Lati. Uh, the Pelicans had won seven games out of 56 the year before. This isn't on any of the stat sheets. This and is when, the research team missed all of this, folks. Yeah, so I went to Finland for two weeks. So I don't know when the season would have ended in Sheffield. It doesn't go that long, but I went to Spain and did some adulting, meaning lots of beers and whatnot. And <laughs> Having fun. Back. Came back to Calgary and it was like, I'd been here two weeks and I flew all the way back to Finland because they wanted to view me to see if I was a prospect to, to play in the Finnish league. So I went and did this. This is after Spain and after. Yeah, after the season, it was probably like three weeks. I'd been home for two or three weeks. I went all the way back to Finland and um, trained for two weeks, just practicing because the Finnish guys basically they take a couple of weeks off here and there, right? And, they and then they just start playing hockey. Yeah. So went to one of their spring camps and man, what an experience that was swimming. I don't know how, how many lengths of the pool and I'm not the best swimmer and trail running. I can do through the forest of Finland along the ski jumps and whatnot. And uh, I'm like, okay, we've seen enough. Go home. I was two weeks there, right? In and out. And uh, did they pay you? Wow, they gave me some kind of per diem. They paid for all my flights and everything. I just wanted to play, right? And I just yeah. wanted to see where I where I could fit in. And I was willing to go on a trial, whatever. So went there, no contract offer, nothing. And now I'm sitting there. What am I going to do? Was it the swimming? I don't know if it was. No, it was probably the playing. <laughs> this guy's got some toe drags and whatnot. And I never toe dragged. I don't think ever. I don't. But your game isn't a toe drag. Your game is to so, stop the toe dragging. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, no, that was part of the, the whole hockey career. Anyways, I ended up back in Calgary, and I didn't really want to go to Britain because the NHL went back. I'm like, I can try and find something else. So one of my old teammates from Albany had gone at the end of July for that whole Bundesliga DL2 training camp, 
Das zweite ähm, Bundesliga, ja. Genau. Ja, Weißwasser, the Lausitzer Fuchses, <lacht> were looking for like a defensive type defenseman and Rochefort, Richard Rochefort. I played with him for two or three years in Albany. And uh, he vouched for me and was like, yeah, we got to sign this guy, this and that. And I had no idea. I'm like, where are you? I'm talking to him on the phone. There's no Skype then either, I don't think, at the time. No. He's like, oh, I'm in the Eastern Bloc of Germany. He's not the best, but Andrea and I are here. And they had a kid. He's like, just come. Like, you'll have fun. There's a couple other good Canadians here. And I'm like, oh, let's do it, right? So ended up signing one of the faxed over contracts. It's like a page and a half long. And off I went to, uh, to got picked up in Berlin. Well, uh, I'll just... I got a few notes down for the Lausitzer Fuchse and Weisswasser, which, folks, means whitewater in English. And that would make you think this place is beautiful. Um, but <laughs> you show up and like it is old East Germany and all the buildings look the same and there's not much on them. And you start like realizing and then you get to the arena and uh it's, it's it, the arena I played in was strange. They apparently they do have a new one now, and good for them. Way to go, guys! Uh, but the arena I played in, you would get dressed, and you literally would have to walk. I would say two hundred meters, right? Yeah. To get yeah, to the rink. Long walk, long walk. Make sure there's no. Watch where you're walking, because you're probably going to step on some gravel and might not have an edge when you get out there, but. <laughs> um, and the other thing then about that town is that uh, they're like, so in Bavaria, it would be half English, half German. In Weisswasser, you'd say that the fans would be half German, half Russian. Polish. Polish. The, Polish. the Poland border is like 12 kilometers away. Because, well, they didn't know English. Like when I, I would try and speak with them playing two touch and they, they could not speak English. Yeah. So, no, I landed in the beautiful town of Whitewater. <laughs> so, my, buddy, uh, my, buddy, my buddy, Rochi. <laughs> last question uh, that I have about, because this is one of the first Lausitzer Fuchses on the pod, is did you ever see the rink behind that rink? Oh, yeah, there's an old dugout. It's it was like, like old... it was like the Coliseum of yeah. ice hockey yeah not in use for decades but it's still there apparently it's gone now and they built the new, uh, they knew right like there a hole, it was like a hole in the ground with grass on that time but uh, honestly like i had zero fun in in whitewater i can imagine no, no offense to, to any listeners or and the team, we weren't winning, so... I don't think we have any from there, so it's all yeah, good. Yeah, it, it, it was not a pleasant experience, and I, I asked, actually, for a release multiple times, because, you know, expectations, too, as an import. Now I've got it figured out. You've got to score, and I don't know what I had. Like, maybe I, I, had, I had a couple goals and a few assists, and like, this guy's got to score. He's an import, this, and I'm just like, I'm not happy here. And they wouldn't let me, they wouldn't give me that transfer card. I'm just like, I just want to go out. I want to play somewhere else or I'm going to quit hockey. I was that like, I had no fun at all. And Rochi was trying to help me. There was another guy on the team, Morgan Warren. 
they were vouching for me like yeah this guy wants to leave and they thought i think they thought i was going to go to another second league german team or i'm like i'm not staying in germany like i had another job lined up at that sonnery ski in denmark and i had no idea what that was like i just wanted out of vice foster and they wouldn't let me do it i even took all my team clothes washed them nicely and folded them and put them on the manager's the manager's desk and still wouldn't let me leave for that card so i didn't know what to do anymore so actually this is pretty funny this is true too i you know you skate around practice and you shoot pucks at the net and just do circles i just skate around and flip them all out (laughs) (laughs) so practice started And I was trying to make it known, like the whole team, even the German guys, I liked a lot of the German guys were good guys. They ended up, we ended up going back and playing them in an exhibition game a couple of years later. But so I'm doing anything I can, not being a complete dick, but trying to get, get out of the dodge, right? Yeah. And they wouldn't let me leave. So the year before they we had this Czech player and uh Martin, some super talented toe drags, he had like 70 or something points the year before. So practice you talked about two-on-one drill already we're in practice and he made a beautiful saucer class pass across and i did not play any pass i (laughs) you crushed him just a clean open ice two-on-one hit and the other teammate went in for the break lane and poor martin didn't get up and i'm like (laughs) Germans are mad and imports are like, told you guys that he has to leave. So there was a guy named Dirk Robach. He was like a 36 or seven year old German, still playing, played a long time in the DL. So he actually went to the management and was like, hey, like, you know, he's he's trying to hurt our home players now. Like, let's just let this guy leave. He's told me he's going to some team in Denmark. Like, we won't see him again. So no, they gave me the transfer card. I actually let them keep, I don't know what a few nickels that I was making. I'm just like, keep the money. I don't even care. Just, I don't need to be paid. I just want to leave, right? So, yeah, they let me go. They, someone drove me back to Berlin right before Christmas, mid-December. So I was there from early September till December. And I had some fun, too. There, we had a guy named Sean Gangel who played in the NHL. He was a lot of fun. So him and I hit it off, and Rochi was there. So there was good people there. I just wasn't having fun. No, I understand. And, uh, yeah. So no flight to flight to Beeland Airport, and I think Inga picked me up and drove me to the hotel in Boyens. <laughs> and did you have the same dinner with the old guy on the team when you got oh, there? Yeah. No, no, no. I, maybe someone came and picked me up. No, Dan. There was a player living, a Swedish guy living in the hotel. So I don't know what year was that. Two thousand six. Yeah, two thousand five. Still. So folks, now he's in Sunderjuski. Yeah, so Swedish guys in the hotel, and I showed up, and I, I think I might have played one or two games, and that was Christmas break. Dan went home to Sweden, and I, uh, one of the guys had me over for Christmas dinner, and obviously there was a few ales involved over the holidays, but I didn't really know anyone on the team, and I was there alone, and I'm just the guy in the hotel, and had a couple of days off, and I mean, I had a car, so I did a little touring around, phone the folks at home and the sisters and family and had a Christmas. And then it was like, well, I'm in a new place, new team. I'm trying to prove myself again. And you did and, that, sir. Um, I, I could go over some stats, but uh, 
I don't have them written down, but basically you won the championship five times there. Um, you're the Pokal MVP. You won three Danish Pokals. You were the leading goal scorer in a defenseman for one year. I don't know how that happened. That was a lucky year. No, that first thought, last half of the year, honestly, we had a team that everyone kind of got along. We had some, I think it was 27 at the time, but we had some two guys in particular, three, the goalie, Greer, Chris Bartolome, um, Brian Casey, a couple of guys that you could tell they, they wanted to win. And the practices were good, but no, there was no like craziness, like college stuff or it was just normal hockey. And, and the coach actually was just like, play defense. That's why we brought you here. I don't care if you score. I don't care if this. So Is that just, Simone? So who's the coach? Mario. Yeah, that was Mario, right? So just played defense. And man, we had two lot of the power play worked. I never played on it and whatever. We just had a great team. I killed penalties. And I'm like, this is kind of hockey. again. that was, you know, we're having you, but you had a role. It wasn't just being an import and all of a sudden you're supposed to score fuck two goals a yeah. game, right? Yeah. Yeah. So good Danish players too. Like you played with Kim. He was super young at the time, but, and we played in this the worst arena that I ever played in, in pro and points. It was like a, tin shed undersized ice but it was perfect for me because i wasn't a skilled guy i played defense and smaller guys couldn't couldn't really get around me too easily in that and, rank i couldn't imagine playing against you like you yeah. would take up that whole quarter of the ice in the ozone <laughs> oh it's just basically like get the puck out of your own end and play defense and the skilled guys you know, if you made one good move, you'd have to put it on net, right? And either go in or you'd get a rebound chance. But no, again, and Boyens hadn't won and we weren't expected to win. And so we just got on kind of a run, right? And uh, ended up winning that year in that old tin shed. I don't I don't think they had won for like 40 years or something in Boyens. Oh, so you were a part of the first team that won like a yeah. championship. And were you guys called Sunderjuski then or were you Voyance? Yeah, I was just Sunderjuski. Yeah, yeah. So that was my first year there. I only played half the year. So a lot of fun. And I'm like, no, that, that's a lot more fun than I was having in Germany, right? Oh, absolutely. So, you go from Vice Vosser to winning a championship in Denmark. I can yeah. understand why you stay there so long. Yeah. No, so they brought me back. I'm like, yeah, I'll come back and play for sure. Well, that's good. So then you stay there for another year, and it's still Mario as the coach. Kim's on the team. Who is Alfie the goalie yet? No, no, Alfie's not the goalie yet for sure. Okay, no. so um, we'll get into him later. But uh, so that year, you guys don't win it, and then kind of like in Europe, that's what they do: is if they don't win, guys leave. But you don't just leave; you go up, right? You go, don't you? You go to the DL. Yeah. So you have you another leave. good year? No, so I don't leave. I stayed, and I, I had a really good year. And then the DEL came calling because they are like, oh, this guy in Denmark's got all these goals. He led the league in goals. <laughs> so, so they thought they were signing a PP guy? I don't know if they thought that. No, it was Krefeld, right? So I don't think they thought they were signing a PP guy, but I mean, there was an opportunity to go back to Germany to the top league, and the team there's a 
guy that I'd actually gone to Notre Dame in high school with Brian Maloney. I knew he was going there. And wasn't wasn't a very hard decision. I'm like, I'm still young enough. I got to go try this DEL. Back to Germany, I went after a year and a half away. And um, To be honest, though, like, you have to go try that because when you go to Europe and you're only there for a couple of years and you do try Weissfosser um, or the Lazuxer Fuchse, um, you still want to get to those leagues where you're making the real money, like the big, the big money, right? Yeah, so I'm like... I'm going to go try it. So off I went back south again and went to Crayfield training camp, this and that, and lower budget team, great experience, do our thing. We're never great. We weren't horrible. Got to play some really good players like Alexander Selavanoff was on that team. He scored 40 goals with, uh, Doug Waite in Edmonton, right? So Well, just so you know, fun fact for the pod, he was a former teammate of mine, played four Maybe. games for the Beatingheim Steelers, and then they then they cut him. <laughs> he was a lot of fun, though. <laughs> oh, he was an awesome guy. So yeah. fun. Oh, yeah. yeah, I really enjoyed him. Yeah. So, well, at this point, I've got Britain, Bundesliga, Denmark, and DL, and I don't. The DL team definitely didn't want me back. And I'm like, I've tried it. I think I'm going to try and go back to Denmark. And now I've got a Danish agent. And sure enough, because that one championship we'd won, the Danish team made me a great offer of a four year contract. I think they offered three years. Sorry, what? I, yeah, yeah. Sooner you offered me three years. And I think I pushed it and got four. Are you serious? I never played on another team after that. Krefeld and then Sunderhusk and then. No, I know you never played on another just, team, but it was an actually a four-year contract. Yeah, yeah. In I, Europe. Three, yeah, it was three at the start. I've never years. even heard of that. Yes, yeah, so three, and I got it to four, and I'm like, yeah, I'm going back there. I don't need to change teams anymore. I got treated really well in, in Denmark, right? And. I mean, I had a relationship with Coach Mario there. Uh, the manager treated me awesome. Uh, Soren Stockfish, rest his soul, right? But uh, no, I knew everyone. I knew what I was getting. I knew the expectations. I mean. Yeah, and, and they, they know play. what they're getting from you, right? Yeah, because we'd won and I played another year. And I don't know how I got all I got a bunch of goals one year and then left. And I'm, never much of a score, but. I don't know. I use some kind of weird curve and just kind of <laughs> on that. Were you on the so you were first power play that year? That year, yeah. Were you yeah. running like an umbrella or what? You're up top taking clap bombs know. or what? Honestly, I would just push the puck up and close my eyes and 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 uh, went in a lot that year, right? So I never had many scoring years, obviously. But no, I went back and uh, and that next year we went back. We were loaded. We had a great team. So, um, so Dan Seaman is your captain win and wins Elfie the goalie. Those are my questions. And okay. so I got to look this up. No, don't look it up. Just feel it. Don't look it up. Just feel it. Stop it. Is it the first year when you say you're loaded? Who's on that team? Don't look it up. Stop looking over there. Well, we have this Swedish guy, Dan. Kim was really good at this point. No one could catch him. He was so fast. 
Um, Sammy Nazardine, Eric Bertrand, Elfie Golia. I don't know if he was. Might have been Golia. How many gold helmets does Elfie have? Three? I don't know. I have one. I don't know. I have to cheat and look it up. Okay, never we, mind. We, we didn't have that. Like, we weren't loaded. It was us and Herning. We beat Herning in the finals, I think. There was one year, though, we only lost four or five games in that Danish league because of a bunch of the teams that went bankrupt. <laughs> oh, that was right around the, uh, the the crisis there when I was in Beatingheim, and everybody loses their money. All the sponsors just don't pay the teams, and everybody's yeah. like, the Danish league was basically done, right? <laughs> yeah. I think it was down to seven or eight teams at one point, and thankfully, Sonny's was always financially set, and Dustin Van Balagui, he was a defenseman that played there for three years and moved on to Greener. He went and played in Austria, but he was your prototypical European right-hand shot defenseman, toe drag, glass man back, and seemed to always work out. And he had some intensity to him too. But we we had a lot of good players uh, year over year. It seemed really great. Oh man, like they they do great recruiting there. I. I personally, the way it worked out for me, I don't like their system. I don't like the way they do it. I think it's horseshit. Um, what they do is they bring in five imports. You're, they'll bump it up to eight when it's time, but that's around Christmas. And then all of a sudden, the rest of playoffs, you're in a competition with those new three players of who's coming back the next year. Yeah. <laughs> right? See, I never had, I never had to deal with that. No, because you had a four-year contract. I was on one-year contracts my entire career. So, the last, the last four-year deal I had was Western Michigan, buddy. Yeah, even my third year, I forget my my third last year. You know, I had one year left. Can we extend this? Or sure, two more years. So that's what took me to the end. So. Yeah, so you went from a four-year deal to a two-year deal in Europe because that is uncommon, folks. But, no, I, I was at a point, too, where, you know, I wouldn't say I was comfortable because I think I always worked hard and tried to do my best. And, oh. I mean, I, I just knew I didn't want to go try anything else, right? I tried it, and I'd been on those tryouts and tried Germany. And, like, at that level of hockey, it's not top-level European hockey. And we, we always had fun, too. I mean, there was good people around the team and it's never fun when you're losing, but we didn't do too much of that. No, you sure didn't. Um, that team didn't. Um, yeah, no, you like winning's fun. And if you're getting paid what you're happy with, like I was the same in Beatingheim. Like when I was, when we were winning and I was making whatever, I was like happy doing it. But um, not like once you start losing, you're like, well, this ain't fun anymore. <laughs> no. but, but you brought up you brought up Elfie. Yeah, we gotta talk about him, man. So like Elfie is now, I believe, one of the coaches for Maine, right? So I keep in touch with Elfie. Oh, do you? Touch. I tried to get him on the pod. He he ghosted me, I believe is what the word is. Uh Elfie's a buddy of mine. Elfie stayed in this house. Elfie is assistant coach for University of Maine. So when he comes out recruiting. Uh, he spent a full week here 
before COVID came into the world. And I actually helped Alfie recruit. I like confusing him because he gives me an iPad and I get to go to the Okotoks Oilers or the Junior A in Alberta here. He's like, I really like this player. I'm like, I'm not sure. I like this player a little better. And he's like, man, now the other assistant coach has to make another trip out before we make an official offer. But Elfie's, he's, he's done well. Yeah, he's coaching. But I knew Elfie when I was 18 in Melford, actually. So Elfie was playing on a junior team in Saskatchewan called the Labret Eagles. And we got to pick up a third goalie for the tournament. And Elfie was going to University of Maine. I was going to Western. So we picked Elfie up as our third stringer before he went to Maine. Zelfie's only a year older than me. So Elfie practiced with us. He didn't play any games in that. We picked him up for the Royal Bank Cup. So I we kind of knew each other. And then he showed up at at uh, Sonoryuski. And yeah, I don't know. Him and I just kind of got each other because he's a, definitely a student of the game. And I'd be like, okay, I'll do this on the penalty kill. And we just try and prevent goals. And I was pretty much one of the only guys that could talk to him on, on game day because he was that focused and determined that is at his craft right no and um he was i never i hadn't met anybody like it and i had been in the second league in germany hadn't really been around the top end of the game in a while and then i got to soon do you ski and um alfie was literally i sat beside him that year like they put me beside him to see what he was doing and he literally had like a pad of paper and he would be writing out like where everybody stood on the other power play, what their tendencies were. He would have everything written out. He's like, this guy likes to go low blocker from here. This guy likes to go here from here. He was so far ahead of the game. And I was like, I just want to go out and play. Yeah. No, Elfie. Yeah. He wanted to stop fucking. He knew what he was doing. In, in preventing goals so i can i don't know I, I i love elfie as a person and his family his uh his wife Addie is was almost like my second wife i don't know how many meals she cooked for me and uh in, well and they had the uh they had the uh ah, the frosted flake uh chicken or whatever it was that what was it corn flake yeah. chicken yeah, Addie's got a, a lot of a lot of recipes for sure. A lot of tricks. So, no, I keep in touch with Elfie. I keep in touch with Elfie. He'll be coming back here soon, I'm sure, to recruit, right? He pulls a couple of kids out of the Alberta or BC League. And last time he based his recruiting trip uh, out of Calgary. So he well, came ho- here well to- hopefully next time he comes visits you, you can corner him and be like, hey, let's do a pod with Wally real quick. Well, yeah, I'll, put the, I'll give him a nudge, try and get him on with you. He's so focused too on his recruiting and coaching now too. I mean, oh, he's so he's so detailed in everything he does, right? Like that's what he'd be like, right? Yeah. So I he's I'd go to work and he's studying film here all day and ready for the game at night type thing, right? Six junior games in 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 a week type thing, and then he'd be back on the plane to Vancouver or somewhere. Oh man, he was he was the most impressive pro. I think I played with him for his details, but when you say you were the only one that could talk to him on a game day, it was because like, I know when I was playing the games, like you knew where your stick was be, 
where the positioning would be, where you're going to let this shot from here, but you're not going to let it from here. And if you try to talk to the young Danish kids about all that, they're going to be like, what are you talking about? Right. That's basically why Alfie would talk to you and not them. (laughs) Yeah. No, Alfie. Yeah. He's, he's doing good for sure. And uh, he's a big reason. A lot of those championships for sure. A lot of those gold helmets. Ah, man, that, that lot the last night there of of his career when I was there sitting beside him for that whole year and he sat there beside me in his full gear for like hours um knowing it was the end and like he was crying and I was like yeah and it 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 hit home for me because I wasn't too far away so then when I got to Cardiff and there was a couple games where like i thought that was it it was like holy shit i'm elfie now (laughs) (laughs) now, yeah yeah no Uh, it sucks getting out right yeah i didn't have a because i still thought i was gonna play somewhere try maybe again and then it just ended i was just like i'm done and uh and you never got to experience that last gold helmet like elfie did where you know it's the end right no i never knew it was the end no no, I always thought I could play till 40, which is. Oh, you definitely could have. You yeah. could have played till you were 50 the way you played. I would see you beat up those little Danish boys. They had no chance against you. I was always, I was just at a point, maybe one more year, but then you get, you know, summer comes around and nothing's happening. And it's just like, okay, let's move on and do something else. Right. Uh, it's, it's hard. It's that's, I don't know. Like, so is that, yeah, I guess you do get there um so i got some random questions before we shut it down denmark great hot dog game don't they have hot dogs yeah those french hot dogs where they cut the bun and poke the hole in it it's like in a sock like they put the hot dog in a sock (laughs) what the hell is that like how much work does that take to make that bud what did you get in here is the mustard ketchup or remy lot I never got the Remulade. That's kind of weird. It's almost like a. Uh, it's almost like a British cream. That British cream. It's almost like mayonnaise, rubber. but with like a little yeah. something in it, right? A, a little, little je ne sais quoi. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you do? What do ketchup, I do? What? Must, ketchup, mustard, or Remulade? Ketchup and mustard. You kept it real too. Did you get the dried onions on at least? Occasionally. Okay, next question. I got a few here before we shut down. So hot dogs. Denmark has the hottest hot dog game going, folks. If anybody doesn't know, you think you go outside the the Sky Dome and they got the the good stuff? Well, no, that's actually in Denmark, right? I'd have to agree, yeah. But Britain's got. I'd like to know how many full English breakfasts you ate and how many chip and bacon buddies you ate. I, I was not, I was not into the breakfast and all that. No, no, no. I was more into hitting Chippy Lane in Cardiff where they sold the Donair kebabs. Oh, there you go. That's where, that's where I get hot and heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good hot dog game in Denmark. Um, I would like to discuss Kim and, uh, 
do you stay in contact with him? And is there any way you can uh, send me his contact info to get him on the pod? I do stay in contact with Kim. Kim and I drove to the rink every practice and 90% of the games for six years, basically. When he was like other you there, like I, I, yeah, he was, I, I thought he was one of the best teammates I ever had. I thought he was a great captain. I thought he was a great person and I wish I stayed in contact with him and I do not, I don't know how to be in contact with him. You don't know how to use social media? No, apparently I don't. (laughs) (laughs) I can get you Kim's contact details. Yeah. He's uh, I stay in touch with him. There's, there's quite a few people in the Sonoryski area that I stay in touch with. There's no, you did live eight years of your life there, sir. And seven and a half, seven and a half. Well, that's a long time, man. I did six years in Germany, and that was a long time. That was four years in one town. You had yeah. seven and a half in one town, and it's a little town. Yeah, I got to figure out when to get back there, actually, in the next couple of years. Um, you really should, because like you are Mr. Denmark, and you're living in Calgary. Calgary. I'm Definitely not Mr. Denmark, but I'm definitely looking forward to going back, catching up with people like Kim and Soren and JJ and a bunch of the local guys that aren't playing anymore, right? Oh, man. I Those are the guys that it's all about, right? Like, that's what keeps the, the thing going. Um, JJ was a great dude. Yeah. He was yeah. fun to play with, too. Oh, you played with him? He was on the team? Yeah, he was part of that. He scored an empty net goal for the first championship and climbed the boards and everything. Oh really? He was he was just the minor hockey coach when I was there. Yeah, I think he played fifteen or sixteen years pro. He played a long time. Local Hoyne's guy, right? And one, Did of it? one of Kim's idols growing up. Really? I don't know. Did Kim follow? Probably, him? probably. Well, JJ um, never JJ never left that area, and neither did Kim, and right. So. No, like it's a beautiful area. They're great people. I really enjoyed my time there, and actually. Like, because I like small towns and like the way it was. And like, you have that hoot day party at the start of the year where it's just a big party and the team gets to know each other. Like it was right up my alley. And then I wasn't asked back, you know, for sure. You weren't asked back. That's what happened. I went in for my exit meeting. They said, great season. See you. Um, good luck. Thanks for the cool helmet. (laughs) Yeah, uh, thank second in the league in scoring, and uh, we won the championship. Uh, but we're not going to offer you like not even ten percent of what you made this year. We're not going to offer you anything. See ya. Was that Dan Soren? Correct. Yeah. And then I, I literally, I got so I got Colby, who's like a one-year-old. And I walk out of the arena and I think like I had done a good job. I thought I had done my job for the year. And I think I'm going to at least get an offer that I could take to my agent and be like, well, I got this. Can What can we go elsewhere with, with this? Right. At least yeah. something. And they say, sorry. And she hits elite prospects, Brent Walton, unknown. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> next thing you know, holy moly. <laughs> um, you got a kid on the way. You got a one-year-old and you're like, Huh, I thought I did what I was asked to do this year. 
But you ended up in Cardiff and had fun there, right? I loved it. It was the best thing that ever happened was that I never went back there. I got more school and it was the best thing ever. But um, I don't, they, uh, they won the next year. And then I'm not, what, are they still well, good? I think they're all right. Yeah, I don't think they win anymore. But I got a question about Cardiff. Did you play with Mr. Adams in Cardiff? Gerard? Yeah. No, no, he was the coach the year before and then went to Sheffield and then, like, was the coach for, like, half a year or something and did really good and then wasn't the coach or something. He was my D partner in in Sheffield. I quite enjoyed Jared Adams. Um, Every player and person I talked to in Cardiff really enjoyed him and they all had his back and – Everything I heard in Cardiff, I never heard a bad thing about the guy. You want a funny story about Jared? I love funny stories. That lockout year, we were playing Coventry, and I had a clean hit. I think it was against Ashley Tate or someone. And I look up. When I look back, the goalies covered the puck. Tate's up, and I forget everyone's names, but I look up and Wade Belak is charging the front of the net. So I grab the closest player. I take my gloves off and grab the closest player. And Jared fought Belak because I was too scared to. <laughs> fought Wade Belak. And I look over and I'm trying to get over there. Jared just put his head down. And he went to the dressing room and I went to the county box. And then the intermission came and I go to the dressing room. I think it was in Sheffield or Coventry. And Jared was so mad at me because he was my D partner because he knew what I did. He just sat in the trainer's room off to the side and was like, send Daryl in here, right? So he just put his head down because he had a shaved head at the time and it was just all welts from Belak's knuckles. But he he would do anything and he was a great teammate and a great person. So he's another guy I would definitely like to have two L's with at a, at a local pub because I know he's still in Britain. Oh man, no, I I literally never heard a bad word about the guy. And uh every player that played for him liked him. Um yeah. Strange. He's not a coach anymore in the game, from what I understand. But um it's it it you know what I find having a podcast is I know the type of guys I want on from each team I was on, and there's a lot of guys still to come. But me, yourself, and I did not get enough time together that year. Well, I think let's, let's talk about how much sauna time we had. We had some serious heart-to-hearts in that sauna. <laughs> we did talk about it. You were the first person that told me that you were the person, and I'll never forget the sauna. We went in the sauna in the locker room. We're sitting there, and you said to me, you said, None of us will be back next year. I, I, and I said, what's that? I'm like, I'm like first in the league and scorer right now. And you're like, they don't want any of us back. They like having big, tough teams. And you and Quirky are too little. And I was like, huh. Um, I guess I don't know what else to do. And then I go in for my exit meeting and they don't want me back after we win the championship. And I get my gold helmet and I'm like, well, Daryl knew everything. He knew everybody in this town. 
man. I forget that playoffs. Was it close? The finals? Oh, yeah. We won a game seven, man. We were down. We hadn't beat that team all year. We were first place. We could beat every team but Herning. And then the final started down. We were down 2 nothing. We hadn't beat them all year. And then all of a sudden, we went three in a row. Then they win a game. And then it's game seven at home in Sunderuski. Oh, because we finished ahead of them in the standings. We were first. Yeah, we were the best. Yeah. yeah. And then we won it all game seven at home. I think it was four nothing. And then they scored two goals late to make it four two. You don't remember um, any of it. Yeah. When you win so much, you don't even know what you're talking I don't about. I remember that was the spelling, you quirky gato. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Spelling was good, eh? Spelling had a bit of a twisted wrister on him. <laughs> <laughs> he could shoot it yeah, yeah he, he could he could shoot it for sure he's, um, still, he's still doing pretty good i check once in a while so do you miss the game much or are you good no i'm good i follow the nhl for fun i mean i've had opportunity here in alberta to get back in as coaching level and junior but i don't want to ride a bus I mean, it gets pretty cold here in the winter, and the economy is not the best, and I am a business development professional, so I'd like to show up at work on time and, you know, keep employment that way outside of hockey. But, no, I played in the beer leagues here with, you know, the Western Michigan friends, Mills, and a bunch of ex-players. We played in – there's so many ex-hockey players here in Calgary, so we we played in the top beer league and won the championship there, and – I just don't want to play at 10.30 at night. And Calgary's pretty big, so I found myself the games are at 10.30. Driving across town, it's an hour. When it's minus 40 and the wind's blowing sideways and it's snowing, it's like I don't need to drive there when I got to go to work at 8. Plus, it's still pretty competitive because there's so many ex-players, right? So, no, I don't miss it at all. I, I enjoy actually being an armchair fan watching this new brand of hockey and I mean, the players now are, in the last 10 years, man, they're just all talent now. Oh, they're so much better, yeah. Yeah, they're so quick and they're so fast. And, I mean, yeah, it's changed so much. But there's right? still guys, like, there's still defensemen like you on every team. And, like, literally every two-on-one I took against you, I was like, why the fuck is this guy in Denmark? And like, I'm, it's quirky and I like literally two high end offensive guys and we could not get a puck to each other. And Elfie would know exactly. You could not pass it across to the other guy. If Daryl's on the two on one and Elfie could just square up to the shooter and be like, yep, I got it. Let's do it. And that's that. And Elfie's angles were never off. Well, and he knew exactly where every guy wanted to shoot. I remember how mad he would get at me in practice. It would be the end of the pregame skate and he would want some point shots and he'd be screaming at me like, you're not shooting it hard enough. You didn't shoot it where you, I wanted it. And I'm like, why am I even doing this? (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, no, it's fun. It's fun to still watch. I don't know if you watch on TV, but man, these pro guys now. They're uh, they're totally different, right? And I even see it here in Calgary. Hockey's 
totally year-round. When I played, even when I played pro, you know, I summer trained, but I wasn't skating like crazy when I was not trying to, you know, stay in the American League. Or when that dream was over, you know, I'd keep myself in shape and I knew I had a month-long training camp in Denmark or Germany somewhere anyways, right? Well, what was the point of even putting on skates in the summer? Because you knew you had a month. Yeah, man, the, the, the kids nowadays, they go, like, they take a couple of weeks off and then they do spring and summer and they're back into it, right? I, I, I need, I always needed a break. Like, if you want to be full go and, like, fully committed and into it, I needed a break. Yeah. No, so did I. Um, do you got anything else for me before we shut down the donk episode? I thought you'd be a little heavier. I thought you'd be more of a bowling pin than you are. I know. Dan Seaman told me that uh, of all the guys that were going to leave hockey, I'd be the first one to put on 25. You're about the same, man. Um, to be honest, it got real worse. It got a lot worse. It got real bad. Um, it wasn't actually until this podcast that it changed. Um, and I don't even work out. I just laugh. I just listen to you guys talk and I'm like, Jesus Christ, like this is what I want. And I'm just happier. I, I have more energy in the day because I wake up and I'm like, I got to do my real job. I want to prepare for this. I got to take care of the kids. And I have the energy I had as a hockey player again, um, just in different areas of life, I guess. And is Colby into the hockey? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Big time? Uh, well, he's going to have some big tryouts coming up here in the fall. Um, but, yeah, no, he's into it. And uh, he really, really likes playing. He's, he's a lot like me. He really likes playing. He's – I wouldn't say he's shooting a lot of pucks every day, but, uh, like, he's asking me every day, like, when hockey starts. He's I, I think he'll be more like not yeah it's tough because like you want them to practice a lot but like I was not a practice a lot guy. <laughs> yeah. No, that's funny. No, that's good. That's good. Do you keep in touch with you? So you don't keep in touch with anyone from Sunday East. What about Cardiff folks? Oh yeah, lots of Cardiff folks. Uh, Beatingheim. Uh, like like Sooner Yuski like. I was there for one year and like in one year, you don't really build relationships where it's like lifelong, like you and Kim played together for a lot of years and Alfie and you win championships. And like, I did that one time with you guys and I have that relationship with you one time from one year, but you guys did that a whole bunch of times. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I'm trying to think how many years Elfie was there. Yeah, it's just a lot of us because Elfie was there quite a while. I mean, I think I was definitely. But you remember the end, right? You remember the end, and Elfie was there at the end. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But no, that's good. That's good. And what are you doing for work? Uh, You're general manager, are you not? No, no, I'm. uh, I'm an uh, engineering supervisor. Oh. So that what structural engineers or mechanical engineers report to you? No, not exactly. Um, I I'm doing the heat treatment part of it. Um, okay. I, yeah, refineries and power plants. Um, so you're putting your studies at Western Michigan to use? 
Well, I, I Western Michigan, like I, I basically took business and everything. Um, but then I learned this later. So, um, I take my business side of it and then work it in with what I'm doing now. So I do a lot of like estimating and stuff like for the company, that, that type of thing. Uh, but more, I'm like the people person. I run a team and I, I make, yeah, I, I run a team and I'm a people person and I don't know. I, I'm not really sure they, I, 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 it's all good. So how did you step into this role after Cardiff? Oh, how did you find this role? When you're why, here? What? This is this. I'm the host here, not you. Oh, I'm just inquisitive. You know, I ask a lot of questions. <laughs> oh dear. Okay. Um. Well, um, I had a tough six months. Really tough six months. Okay, because I, I haven't caught up with you like. Do you really going. want to hear this? Because I don't know if, like, usually the stuff about me is after hours and we just talk about that after hours. You actually. Okay. Let's do that after hours. I didn't okay. know there was an after hours segment, but I'm looking forward to it, bud. Okay. Well, and this has been another episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales with the Donk and Wally. Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm. And that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott, I'm trying to go back.